Hello, and welcome to This Week at Charlestown Road, a branch of the Heavenbound podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus, and this is where we reflect on the weekend that was. We dig a little deeper into a recent sermon to give you something to think about as this week unfolds, but also preview what's to come this next week at Charlestown Road. Roger, you this past Sunday evening preached part two of a series that you've called The Trouble with Love. The Trouble with Love. You know, that could go a lot of ways. We could talk about with that title, dating or marriage, but we're looking about our walk with God. This kind of fits in with our theme this year that I am his and he is mine. And throughout the Bible, love is one of the dominant threads that run through this. Uh, it's the greatest commandment, Jesus says, to love the Lord your God with all that you are. And we're to love uh, our enemies. We're to love one another. And on the surface, it just seems real simple. Okay, I'm just going to love everybody. But when we start looking at the layers and peeling the layers back, we start noticing this is a lot harder than it seems like. And sometimes we just don't feel like doing that. And so in our very first lesson, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about loving your enemies. And we looked at Jesus, and when Peter cut off the ear of Malchus, Jesus put that back on. And not only had he told us to love our enemies, but he demonstrated that at that occasion. This past Sunday, we continued on with this little series, and we called it The Choices of Love. And what we looked at is when you love God and you put God first in your life, as disciples are to do, sometimes that puts you in some messy situations, difficult situations. And that's kind of what we looked at. We, we looked at uh, what was going on in the book of Exodus as Israel was growing so much. And Pharaoh was kind of concerned about all these Hebrews. And he ordered that the Hebrews would be, the Hebrew boys would be killed. And there was a choice there. Do I obey or do I do what God wants me to do? We trickled that down through what we looked at at Peter when he was told not to preach Jesus anymore or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so when we think about loving God and putting God first in our lives, sometimes that puts us in a difficult situation. And as we mentioned in that point, you'll be noticed because these people were noticed, will be noticed. Jesus says, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. And he's talking about us there. And there's a lot of good that we can do. We can make a difference, as each of those people did. From that, we moved on to a second point, and that is behind all this, and at the core of all this, is the eternal battle, the internal battle between our heads and our hearts. And we're going to kind of talk about that here in just a minute, uh, that trouble we have with heads and hearts. And then we kind of wrap this up by talking about the idea of these choices that we make. They affect us. They affect others. They are determined now, and they're determined in our eternity. And so to love God, to put God first before all things, sounds so simple on paper, so easy to say that until we're put in situations, and then it becomes difficult. If you have missed either one of those sermons, they are freely available at charlestownroad.org. A week and a half ago now, The Trouble with Love, this past Sunday evening, The Choices of Love. Roger, I appreciate how in both of these sermons you have brought us back into the realm of personal accountability to follow God is a choice. To love my enemies is a choice. And sometimes uh, those choices involve really difficult 
turf, right? Uh, things that, that maybe don't come naturally. We don't feel like it. We talked last Wednesday, or last Wednesday in, in the podcast episode that, uh, sometimes our actions, uh, need to flow from a choice that even overrides our feelings, right? It may not feel like it, but as a disciple of Jesus, I'm being called to make those sorts of choices. And love has a way of putting me right in the middle of hard choices. But as you mentioned, I think maybe a good territory to dig a little deeper here in the middle of this week is this distinction between the head and the heart, or in the Bible, it might be the mind and the heart. Maybe it would be helpful from the very beginning just to, okay, from the standpoint of Scripture, if I'm reading Proverbs or I hear Jesus in the Gospels, what does God mean when he describes my head and my heart? Absolutely. You know, when we talk about head, we're talking about what we know. We talk about knowledge. In Proverbs, it would be wisdom. Uh, Jesus would talk about faith. Uh, we are to walk by faith, the apostle wrote. And so our lives are governed by the facts of what God gives us. It's what I know. That's what head's all about. I know what is right. I know what I should do. When we use the word heart, we're talking about feelings. We're talking about emotions. And what we're driving at in this point here is sometimes there's a battle within me between what I know is right and what I feel is like right. And so it's like a faith versus feelings or truth versus self kind of internal struggle. And that's manifested in a lot of different ways. Sometimes young people have a hard time with that. Their, their, their friends are pulling them one way and they love their friends and they want to be popular and they want to be with their friends and they're pulling them one way. That's their heart. The heart's being led that way, but they know that they shouldn't be doing some of those things. It's a head and heart issue. Sometimes it comes to us doctrinally with what the Bible teaches. Here is a matter of fact. It's just, it's just what God says. And whether it's the way we worship, the plan of salvation, those things are just laid out in the scriptures. I know what the Bible says. That's my head. But my heart says, here's a family member who just doesn't do that, but I just still want to believe that they're going to be in heaven. I still want to believe these things, and I have nothing to stand upon that. I have no verses to put behind that, but it's a heart and head issue. It's a feeling and faith concept. Jesus himself uh, drew this distinction for us in one of those really famous New Testament passages, Matthew chapter 22 and verse 37, when he said, "'You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart,' and with all your soul, and with all your mind. So we've got heart, soul, and mind there in verse 37. And I hear what you're saying. If we put some some labels on this, with all of my heart, that's my, my emotions, my will, my feelings, uh, my mind, that's what I know to be true. We might describe it in the 21st century as my intellect. What do you think that he means there in verse 37, love the Lord your God with all your soul? 
I think that's just all that we are. You know, okay. you know, our, we, we may think our soul is our spirit. I think there's maybe some subtle differences between the soul and the spirit. But but the idea of we don't just love God externally. Yeah. Uh, that was a problem in the later centuries, the uh, second, third centuries, is get to Gnosticism, the idea that the outside and the inside don't touch each other. And so I can do sinful things on the outside and it won't affect my inside. No, I'm to love God with my body. All that I am, I, I'm to honor God with my body, but I'm to honor God with my mind, my intellect. I'm to honor God with my emotions, my passion. And so all that I am, I do love God and put God first. All right. So heart, soul, mind. And we've described mind as what we know. I, I think I, I have a pretty good idea as to how you're going to answer this, but let's just make it explicit here. Should my mind follow my heart or should my heart follow the leading of my mind? Well, you know, in our times today, we, we see these Hallmark movies and all things like that, and you, you, got, you got to do what your heart tells you to do. You know, that's, that's, that's our times today. Uh, the trouble with that is, uh, is our heart running on emotion, running on feelings, is not based upon the evidence of scriptures. And so the biblical pattern here is my head first, then my heart. And that that is how God wants us to see that. Get that backwards and you get in all kinds of trouble. And I think we need to see, I think even the Bible brings that out in the book of Acts as we think about the conversion of the Ethiopian eunuch. He was, he was taught the scriptures and he came to obey God and then he went on his way rejoicing. And so what we see is the three F words. We see fact, faith, and feelings. What came first was the facts, because Peter preached Jesus, or, or, or excuse me, Philip preached Jesus. He believed that, that became faith, and based upon his obedience, he had feelings. Now, what we often do today in our world is we get that all backwards. I love God, that's my feelings sometimes, and then I say that my faith is based upon my feelings, but what I'm lacking is the biblical evidence or the faith. Faith must come first. Then, or facts come first, then faith, and then feelings. Here very recently in our daily Bible reading, we passed through the territory of Second Timothy. Paul is writing to this young evangelist in Ephesus, and he describes near the end of that last letter uh, this tragic path that too many were following of knowing better. They they knew in their intellect, well, this is what God has said, this is what he has prescribed, this is how he has warned, but Paul describes them as choosing, there's that powerful word again, to wander off is the phrase that he uses, wander off into myths and all sorts of lies and self-deceptions. And the question is, why? Why do people wander off even when they know better? Well, he says in 2 Timothy 4, verse 3 and 4, the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. So we hit the pause button there for a moment. They they know certain things, right? Their minds, their intellects are being appealed to. Well, why wouldn't they endure it? He says, having itching ears. Well, why do they have itching ears? They will accumulate for themselves teachers. Why would they do that? And right in the middle of this statement, I think, is the key. 
to suit their own passions. It's my passions in this 2 Timothy 4 uh, verses 3 and 4 instance that are overriding what I know to be true. I'm, I'm choosing my own passions before what God has told me to be true. And and where that leads to is when we let our heart leads us and we're running on feelings more than fact and faith, we start reshaping Jesus. Jesus becomes the mode that we like. And Jesus loves me so much, he'll accept me no matter what I do. And I don't have to change. And Jesus is like this. And Jesus is like this. And boy, if Jesus was down here, we would watch a ball game and he'd have a beer with me. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the idea people have when they reshape Jesus. So what we're, de- what we're describing here is not one or the other. It's not head or heart or heart or head. It's both. But the head must come first. To have head without the heart means I got all the facts, but it doesn't do anything to me. It's like Ephesus in the book of Revelation. They, they have lost their first love. It's a lifeless type of religion. But to have all feelings without faith, you're just like a little balloon flying in the sky, and who knows where you're going to go. And you're definitely not going to please God because you're not following his will. So it's not one or the other. It's both. And that's what we have to see that that's taught throughout the scriptures. All right. So I am a living being. I have this soul and I have heart and I have head. I think exactly what you just said is so uh, important for us to realize. It's not either or. We're, we're certainly not saying, well, as long as I know what matters, what, what is true, what God has said, doesn't matter how I feel or the zeal, the emotion that I bring to it. Maybe uh, a last area to look into before we're done for today. Okay, in your sermon, you described the possibility of this internal battle. So if I find myself, my passions pulling in one direction, what God has, how he has informed my conscience pulling in the other direction, what do I need to do if my heart my mind is turning into an internal battleground. Well, and, and a lot of people have been there. We've had that in our own family with one of our children. It was a, it was an issue where uh, some people that they liked very well, one was even dating somebody that they they were just not worshiping the New Testament pattern, but they just felt like they are doing their heart was so good. How could this be wrong? And it was a head and heart issue. And so we sat down and we got out a piece of paper. And we opened our Bibles, and we said, no names, no people. Let's just look at what the Bible says about worship. Let's see what the Bible says about salvation. Let's see what the Bible teaches about this or that. And 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 you start writing down those information. That's what the head is. There it is. There's the facts before me. Now it's a matter of me saying, am I going to embrace that? Am I going to follow that? Or knowing these things, am I going to say, well, I still think there's another way. That becomes a problem. That's when heart wins overhead, and that's when heart stands upon no foundation. The foundation is the rock. The rock is Jesus. And so when you have this internal battle, it's time to get the book out and try to remove yourself from the emotion of the people involved and, and all those issues and just say, okay, here's the problem. Okay, whether it's we're talking about marriage, whether we're talking about dating, whatever the subject is, let's just see what the Bible says about this. 
that's the facts, then am I going to believe that? And once I do, am I going to embrace those and be passionate about that and bring along my heart to accept what God says? You know, it sure does sound to me like what you're basing your answer, and I think rightfully so, on is ultimately submitting to the authority of God. This is an authority issue, right? In Galatians chapter 5 and verse 25, the Spirit calls us through the Apostle Paul, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. And maybe that sounds a little ambiguous at first, but if we look just before that, the verse immediately before, Galatians 5, 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So what what what's that mean? Well, it involves submitting myself, my passions, my desires to God's healthy teaching. It's allowing his word and even his people who love me enough to tell me the truth, share the truth with me, to reprove and rebuke and and exhort me. It's acknowledging in season and out of season that He's my creator. He's my Lord. He's my righteous judge. And ultimately, it's submitting my will to his teaching. And I think a great uh, example from the Bible is Naaman. And when you look in the book of Kings, where the story of Naaman, the leper was found, uh, he, a servant girl from Israel knew about his leprosy, knew that there was a prophet, Elisha, who could heal him. So connections were made. He went to Elisha's house, a, serv- or a messenger of Elisha came out, told him to go dip in the Jordan seven times. Naaman became furious at this. He was angry. And the Bible says, behold, I thought, and he went away. And that, that's an, that, that's an example of heart leading the head. I have in my mind what God should do. I have in my mind how this ought to be. And it's not that way, so I'm going to leave angry. I, it's, it didn't come out the way I wanted it to come out. But finally, when reason hit him and he realized, why don't you just do what was said? He went down and dipped in that dirty Jordan River seven times. His leprosy went away. And, and that's, that's an illustration for us. You know, the first step of discipleship is to deny ourselves. And so when we come to God and we come to God's word, we've got to say, well, you know, here's how I think it ought to be. I think the church ought to run like this. I think we ought to do this. I think we ought to do that. And pretty soon our think souls become more important than scripture. So the head says, let's see what the Bible teaches. The heart will embrace that and passionately fulfill that. How ironic that in the eyes of modern culture, when they think love, they think purely feelings. But it shows us just how twisted we can get in our own minds, our own understanding, that to understand when God describes love, so often he is talking about a choice. It certainly involves feelings. It certainly involves emotions. But 
the choices of love, a powerful, much-needed sermon. And if you have not had the opportunity to watch or to listen to that, I would certainly encourage you to do that at charlestownroad.org or check our sermon podcast feed. Roger, Lord willing, this coming Sunday evening, 5 o'clock p.m., you've got one more in this series. This will wrap the series up, and we're going to call, we're going to call it The Balance of Love. Uh, multiple times we find in the Bible that we are to love our neighbor as ourself. What does it mean to love ourself? There's a balance there. We tip it too far one way, and we're in the land of arrogance. We go too far the other way, and we have no self-worth. So we'll be talking about that that love balance there as we look at those verses. Before Sunday, of course, we're looking forward to tonight, 7 o'clock p.m. In our Building Blocks track of studies, we're going to be wrapping up. We have been exploring throughout the month of February, how does God communicate with us. And so we looked at creation. We've looked at scripture. Uh, we've looked at uh, the, the members of our own church family. That is our topic for this evening. How do my brothers and sisters in Christ help me understand God's will for my life? We're blessed with people who love God and want to see us grow. We'll talk a little bit about that, Lord willing, this evening. Roger, you're in the auditorium. Yes, and we're looking at the teacher Jesus. We're talking about different attributes of the way Jesus taught. And so tonight we're going to open the door and talk about people business and how Jesus dealt with some different kinds of people. And that should help us as we think about our interactions with the people we have in our lives. Thanks to all of you for listening to This Week at Charlestown Road. We appreciate your time and your attention. We hope our discussion has given you something to think about here in the middle of this week and drawn you closer to God. We would love to see you this evening at 7 o'clock p.m. We have Bible classes for all ages. We're already looking forward to Sunday, the best day of the week. We would love to have you come and grow with us.